Chapter thirty seven of the Insect Folk. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Insect Folk by Margaret Warner Morley. Chapter thirty seven. The Ant Lion. John has found something he wants us all to see. We will go with him. Now we will sit down on this sandbank and look at what he has to show us. See those smooth little funnels in the sand. Those are what we have come out to see. Let us watch them a while. Molly says an ant is walking close to the rim of the funnel she is watching. Now the ant slips over the edge and slides down the smooth sides of the funnel. And see, from the bottom of the funnel leap out two curved jaws, and— Good-bye, ant. The ant has been dragged down out of sight through a hole in the bottom of the funnel. What a strange proceeding! Who can be living down there at the bottom of the funnel? We are sorry to disturb such a pretty piece of work, but we shall have to dig out one of the funnels. We shall have to be quick, too. There, there, under the trowel. No, it is gone. There it is again. Dig fast, Ned. That is right. He has put it with a trowel full of sand into our box. We will gently shake out the sand until we uncover it. Mabel says it is just what she thought it was, a larva. Yes, it is a larva. You see, it looks a little like the lacewing larva, and it, too, belongs to the Neuroptera. What jaws! How do you suppose it makes its tunnel? If we give it plenty of sand, and keep very quiet, perhaps it will go to work. There, it is throwing the sand about. May says it is using its own head as a trowel. Yes, it is shoveling the sand away with its head. Why is Ned laughing? Oh, see the ant-lion, he is watching. An ant slid part way down its funnel and tried to climb out again, and the ant-lion down below is flinging sand at it. There, it has succeeded in making the poor ant slip. Down it goes, and now the ant-lion has seized it and dragged it down under the ground. It is easy to find these pitfalls of the ant-lion in sandbanks in the summer-time. Yes, May, the ant-lions eat many ants, and they molt and grow, and finally they, too, make a little cocoon about themselves. Yes, the little silken room they weave we call a cocoon, but the ant-lions make theirs of silk and sand. Within the cocoon they become motionless pupae and finally appear as silver-winged little creatures that bear no resemblance to the large-jawed, ever-hungry ant-lion. May says she thinks the Neuroptera differ from all the other orders in the way the larvae transform. This is true, May, they do. In no other order that we have studied do the insects go into the pupal state to undergo the final transformation. Who remembers what the young of insects that undergo an incomplete metamorphosis are sometimes called? Dear me, you all remember. Yes, the young are sometimes called nymphs. The nymphs do not change into pupae. The young grasshoppers do not change into motionless pupae. They just keep on growing until they are perfect adults. Young grasshoppers are sometimes called nymphs instead of larvae. End of chapter 37